0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. with
1: Nissan on News Talk.
0: Jess Kelly, I mentioned our technology correspondent, who is just back, the land of the living from Las Vegas. Jess, how was it?
2: I had the best weekend of my little life. Really, I, I I'm like on a high.
0: Um, I thought you'd be wrecked by now you only landed about 11 o'clock this morning
2: landed at 11 o'clock still buzzing still buzzing it was honestly one of those experiences where I I spent the entire weekend going around to people going god I'm so lucky like I'm so I was purely grateful to be there Las Vegas is one of my favourite places in the world
0: yeah you've been there though several times yeah
2: this was my 10th time wow and every time it's been for work Um, and normally I'm talking to nerdy people about technology which is you know my uh, nirvana but this year I was there for the U2 residency at Sphere and it, so it's... So it's
0: Sphere, not the Sphere. Just Sphere. sphere. Oh, it's sphere. like the edge, an edge. This is so confusing anyway.
2: It's the edge. Bono always refers to him as the edge.
0: Okay, so the edge. It's
2: the edge. Right. Uh, so at Sphere, which is stunning to look at. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it online.
0: Yeah, I have. I saw them on your Instagram, at Jess Kelly NT You can find her on various social media channels mm. and you will see all of the stuff that Jess has been checking. Unbelievable. Incredible. And, and my description won't do it justice. But t- try and describe from the outside, just what people are looking
2: at. OK, so from the outside, it looks like half a tennis ball on the Las Vegas Strip. It's behind the Venetian Hotel. It's 516 feet wide and it is the largest LED screen in the world.
0: On the outside.
2: On the outside and on the inside. okay, They are covered in screens and there are over 200 million pixels on those screens. So you can have the outside, uh, whether you want it to look like an emoji, whether you want to have the Octung baby, which is what you two did, uh, logo on the outside, any type of advertising, any video display, you can have it on that sphere. And things move around and it's kind of mind boggling when you see it. I spent a good 40 minutes uh, standing on the bridge between the Venetian Hotel and the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas, Mm. just staring at it because it's unlike anything I had ever seen before. And that was from the outside. Uh, And this was $2.4 billion to build. Who built it? Some chaps. It's part of the MGM sort of group. It's one of okay. those. It's like an entertainment resource. This has been in the in the works for such a long time.
0: Okay. So number of the hotels club together. Exactly. To kind of co-own it.
2: Yeah. So and it's kind of like because if you've never been to Vegas, all of the hotels are. Off, like the charts in terms of notions and bells and whistles, and they all yeah. have different artists doing residencies. Adele was in town doing her residency at, uh, I think, is it was at Caesar's Palace? I think she's doing it at. So all of the different hotels have different acts the entire time. But the Sphere, there's nothing like this on planet Earth. This is the only one at, at this moment in and time. And you
0: two were the, the first. Was this the opening of the Sphere? Yes, or Sphere
2: of Sphere. So Sphere. Opened. I'm going to call
0: it the Sphere.
2: You're such a rebel. Uh, so Sphere opened its doors on Friday and U2 is the first act in the world to take to the stage. So they played their first gig on Friday night, the second gig on Saturday and I was there on Saturday. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I was a bit nervous that it was going to be all hype and little action. We got
0: Like going to IMAX.
2: Kind, you know, when you're like, oh, does anyone actually care? Yeah,
0: but, I know it's just a slightly bigger screen. And it curves a little at the edges. Meh, it's the same movie you're watching.
2: No, no, no. Th- this like Sphere takes things to the next level. So we got like, again, I was so lucky on Saturday afternoon at one o'clock, we walked over from the hotel to Sphere and we got to go in completely empty arena and go down onto the stage. So, not only were we, you know, the only ones in the venue, we got to go and stand on the wow. stage. And as you look around, it is like you're in the center of a tennis ball. And uh, I got to stand on Bono's podium, which was very exciting. It spins around like a little uh, ride at uh, Thunderland at Christmas time. It was brilliant. And then they started playing stuff on the screens. And when you see it, like my brain is still struggling to comprehend what I actually got to see.
0: And tell me a little bit about then the planning that would have gone into it from the band's point of view.
2: Yeah, this was, it was a long road to get to the, the gig that I saw on Saturday. I actually was lucky enough to meet Willie Williams. He's the band's long-term director and he told me a bit about the planning of the show and how apprehensive he was about it all to begin with.
3: on it for about a year or more um, and of course having to dream up a show in a building that's doesn't exist yet was also pretty challenging um a completely new kind of venue and you two presenting an album that had a pretty good outing first time around in terms of the visual side of it so um yeah, it was a lot to live up to we opened with a whole chunk of acting baby and some of the visuals refer to zoo tv which i really didn't think we would do i, I feel like now the since the early 90s you know the, the whole world has become zoo tv basically so i felt like it would feel a bit played out to go and look at it and of course the genius of the joshua tree show was that they presented that album without it being at all nostalgic they just looked at it like it was their new record and went and played it so i thought this might i thought this might be about acting baby rather than zoo tv but it turns out that language this particular language um it's really not what's going on and it's a very specific aesthetic which felt really fresh and so some of it we've sampled not not a lot but some of it we've sampled and that's kind of where we begin and it's so intense and the album is so overwhelmed we were laughing that um, Joshua Tree has a kind of a dark side and a light side whereas Acting Baby has a dark side and a really bleak side (laughs) and as one hit it was just too much so we take a break and then the, the Brian Eno stage then lights up this is a the, the stage I don't know if anyone said but this is the stage is basically modelled on Brian Eno's turntable there's a picture of it in your programme and we, obviously we've known Brian for a very long time and the joy of his sculptures is that they run themselves in terms of the colours they're generative and they just kind of go where they want and I thought it would be absolutely wonderful to have a stage that for a period of the show the colour of it was controlled by an algorithm written by Brian Eno mm-hmm. And always doing these things, the balance is between spectacle and emotional connection.
0: All right. Uh, so that is Willie Williams, who's U2's longtime director. And again, my, my descriptions won't do this justice. So at Jess Kelly NT, and you, you'll find these pictures But Jess... Some of the images were amazing. There's one of these animals, um oh like a kind of whole menagerie of the kind of animal kingdom mm-hmm. uh, floating over your heads. There's these numbers that seem to descend on you like the roof is about to crush you. Um and there's this kind of desert scene as well that is just incredible looking. It was like you were outside, but at any point did it become too much? I wouldn't really get sensory overload now, but even looking at your pictures, I wanted to put my head between my legs for a few minutes and breathe.
2: I didn't feel that way at all. Like the closest thing that I can equate it to is anytime I put a VR headset on and everywhere you look, you can see the images and so on. The the biggest wow moment for me was during the song The Fly. And that's where those numbers, the coloured numbers and digits come up at the screen. And then I looked up. The
0: matrix, a multicoloured matrix.
2: And I looked up at the top of the dome and all of a sudden it felt like the roof was falling in because a square bit was moving further down. And it's it's one of those things that it's a bit trippy and you feel... I actually felt like it added so much more to the live performance and it kicked it on from just being a gig because all of the U2 gigs over the years have been incredible. Like I've been to the 360 tour. I was at the Innocence and Experience tour and they always have incredible audio visual technologies on display. But I just found this was so far beyond my expectations and also anything that I had seen even online before. I got to meet Adam Clayton and The Edge. Oh,
0: cool! Had you ever met them before? Did you ever interview anyone from the band?
2: No, and I, we, I didn't know this was going to happen. Yes. So when we went over and we first saw the venue, my my brain was kind of blown by just seeing the venue, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, uh, The Edge and Adam are going to come out," and it was just it. Firstly, the edge is kind of the same height as me and I'm only five foot four. What? He's only tiny. He
0: is not, is pick he?
2: I up and put it in my pocket.
0: I'm self and bottle.
2: I know. And Adam isn't much taller anyway, but that's not the reason I was there to talk to them. But I just thought it was quite funny. They were so lovely. Uh, they were delighted to see journalists from Ireland. Lovely over little fellas. Lovely little boys. <laughs> nice little chaps. Uh, but I did actually have a proper conversation with them and they told me a little bit about the pressures and the nerves that come with producing a show like this.
4: <laughs> we we had to rely a lot on the technology working, and since it's all bespoke, kind of a lot of it's prototype in that sense. It's not; it doesn't exist mm. anywhere else in the world. There's always that nagging question: Is it going to break down? And my guitar stuff <laughs> did. Yeah. At one point, <laughs> I I didn't even see it, but my tech Dallas was on his hands and knees making my guitar switches for me which normally I would do if I'm up there, but I was down at the front of the stage, so normally he would do it for me underneath the stage, but his system broke down, so he had to crawl out and start doing it on his hands and knees at the, my foot pedal, which was really comedic in, in a certain way, <laughs> something s- so simple. I mean, when you look at all the technology involved, there was yeah, that so something that simple so that insane. broke. <laughs> the sound is so clear, every single... Mistake. Every little imperfection is audible. So we're having to raise our game a little bit, and uh, you know. I mean, it it is. It's a little kind of futuristic because we are on these ear monitors,
0: which we've been on for a few years, and that really gave us the freedom to do these these big concerts and big productions and get out front of the PA. I think the first time we used them was on Zoo TV. The original Zoo TV Ah, was ear monitors. Yeah, so we were able to move around a lot more then, and, and now it's become the norm. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've got good guys watching our back down down backstage there. We we've have got a ask. good guy watch, yeah. watching us out front yeah, yeah. as well. Oh, that is cool, Jess, to have met uh, The Edge
2: The Edge Edge and Adam Adam
0: Clayton um, on stage. Um, So they, listen, I think that's a nice little anecdote as well that with all that technology the only thing that failed was his guitar pedal. Yeah,
2: but do you want to know a fun fact? Yeah. So there are a thousand terabytes of data utilised in this show. What does
0: that now? Translate that for me. Okay,
2: so a thousand terabytes. So you know, if you buy... How many floppy
0: disks is that now?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hang on there now. My jet lag brain does some maths about 32 megabits multiplied by. It's a hell of a lot of storage. You know, if you buy the highest end iPhone uh, or if you get cloud storage or anything like that, a terabyte, it's a huge amount. So 1,000 terabytes just for a two hour show and I got the impression that the band were kind of wowed throughout the show as well because at different points you saw or I saw Bono you know literally just looking up and kind of standing around and staring at the screen and the same with The Edge and uh, with Adam and of course there was no Larry on this tour uh, Larry is sitting it out because he had surgery on his back so there was a drummer called uh, Bram there who was incredible and I I do feel like, as I said a second ago, this has reset the standard for gigs yes, of the future.
0: So you imagine we'll see more spheres around the world. I mean, it strikes me if they're going to do it in Vegas. Some, somebody in Dubai is certainly looking at this thinking we got to build one of them.
2: Yeah, and I think it's only a matter of time. There's been talk of uh, one being built in London. Now, as I said at the start, it cost $2.4 billion to build. So yeah, well,
0: they're scrapping their underground uh, railroad in the UK <laughs> literally today uh, at the Tory party conference. I don't think they're going to build a sphere for $2.4 billion.
2: They probably won't. But if you have the <laughs> option or the opportunity to ever go to a sphere, I think you should go because in the era of short attention spans and higher expectations and talks about, you know, the future of concerts or live events, This really does set the standard. Uh, I got to speak to Rick Lipson, who's one of the producers on this tour. But he also produced Beyonce's Renaissance tour and Madonna's upcoming tour. So this guy knows his stuff. And he told me about fan expectations in 23.
1: I think, you know, the way that people uh, experience shows nowadays, whether it's in the sphere or or anywhere else, you know, in the old days, you would just sit and watch the show um but now of course you you're using your mobile phone you're interacting with social media you're taking pictures that try and capture the 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 essence of the event but also often trying to capture you at the essence of the event and the thing is is that the this venue is so um spectacular in the way that it captures the whole room and the attention towards the stage but also offers this this visual feast Um, But I think some people will come away just being blown away by the technology and the and the immersivity of the imagery. Some of the people will come away um, never having heard the sound in such a a way, because this venue is designed for sound to work. Whereas, you know, when you're doing a show in in an arena or a stadium, it's quite echoey. So you get quite a muddy sound. So I think people will come away having heard the music in a way that they've not heard it before, having seen the band in a way that they've not seen them before. Um, there are, you know, a series of amazing, spectacular moments um, in the video imagery, which will, you know, blow people's minds just because you will never seen an image that big uh, and that detailed and that clear um, ever, because no venue exists that has ever done that. So I think the audience will have many memories that come from this, whether it's hearing that favourite song that they've they've loved for 40 years, where they get with a band that have you know stood the test of time um but framed in this in this 2023 futuristic space station venue so it's pretty exciting i think there's there's a lot of opportunity for the for the audience to take many elements from it
0: all right. Uh, that's Rick Lipson, uh, who uh, involved with all those other artists, Madonna and everybody else mm-hmm. that uh, Jess has a text already coming in. And I saw a few tweets along those lines, uh, Bono lecturing the world about climate change while performing in what is a massive, massive light bulb, effectively. Um, but Jess, if you had to pick another artist to play in that venue and mm-hmm. see them there, who would it be?
2: I'm going to steal the answer that The Edge gave us. <sighs> the Gorillas.
0: Oh, yes
2: because as a fan That is a great answer I'm completely stealing that from the edge my new best friend Uh, but because there's so many visuals associated with that act already I think it would really really work there's no point in going to Sphere and not having something to show and you two have always been associated with imagery Gorillas is another one The Killers who are from Las Vegas would be fantastic but I am absolutely dying to see who goes and plays there next
0: Jess Kelly our technology correspondent Jess thank you very much for that